The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, September the 6th, and we knew it would have to have to happen eventually. Yes, it is September. Kids are back to school. The uh, interns are all gone. We're um, hard, hard doing actual work again. And uh, <laughs> I should know. We, we did actual work when we had interns, but um, now we're doing more of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is a. Uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. One of the biggest interesting. Uh, Interests of the week for me has been Facebook and the weirdness around Facebook shares um, trading at almost eighteen dollars. I mean, that's going to be Facebook's match, right? Eh? Almost eighteen. <laughs> oh, there's just so 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 many problems with that statement. Um, we're almost legal. We're almost an adult. Almost Facebook. Yeah, it's. I mean, we we can beat up on Facebook some more. They're they're always good. It's like uh, it's it's like Yahoo, right? I mean, at this point, it's just like, all right, well, we can bring up their share prices if we feel like kind of giggling a little bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Mark Zuckerberg did it by giggling a little bit. He said uh, two days ago that he's going to hold on to all of his shares for at least one year, and that caused about a forty five forty five cent bump yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, what's what's left to say about uh, about these? Well, I, I would say the poor folks at, at Facebook. Not all of them. Only the person that people that paid for their options and are now, you know, hooped. Uh, um, by, by by poor folk, Dave means the people who are worth three million as opposed to eighteen million. Well, you've got to know that there's a lot of people here who have. Um, you know, working at Facebook, who exercised their options, they had they get hit with the the taxation, um, yeah. but now they can't sell yet. I mean, I, for those people who are now looking at the current share prices, wow. Uh, um, I mean, it, it, it and there's going to be a, it's going down again, right? I mean, I know there was a little bump now, but once all those people who now have debt to pay off based on the taxes that they had to pay, they need to get out. Right there, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm I'm speculating here. I haven't called up, you know, a bunch of folks at Facebook and gone, "Hey, is this does this sound like you?" But it happens in a lot of corporations, and with the prices now at about what they they may well lose money at the end of the day uh, out of out of all this, and that's just, I mean, they, you know, they'll get some good accountants, I'm sure, who can you know figure things out for them. But um, it, it's 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 for those people. I do feel sorry for them. For, you know, obviously for the Zuckerbergs of the company. 
No, well, you're a billionaire, and you were, and you will be, and you know the thing could drop to like a buck a share, and you'd still, you know, do okay at the end of the day. You'd still have a lot more money than I do. So, um, you know, I don't feel sorry for the likes of uh, of him, but um, for for the for the average Joe who who may have put themselves in a in a bad spot um, with the with the options and, and exercising them and stuff. I, I do feel for them. Uh, but I think we've got a, another big decline coming when uh, when they can all sell because they're they're going to be in a spot where they have to. It's not a debate of will they because share prices are looking down. Is this related to how they actually view the future of the company? No, yeah, they've taken out loans. Interestingly, <laughs> you and I you and I both intimately really well know a uh, 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 young fellow who recently got a job at Facebook. And I've been too polite to ask up to this point, but um, you know, I might I might take my polite Canadian hat off and put on my I'm supposed to be a journalist hat and actually ask the question one of these days. Yeah, that's uh, I've been tempted to do the same thing, but I'm like, am I rubbing salt in wounds here or is this like overstepping, you know, now I'm getting into financial stuff. I I've asked him a few questions about, you know, Facebooky kind of stuff, but Never, you know, hey, how are your finances working out for you there? Um, yeah. That's a weird question, eh? But, I mean, we're supposed, we're supposed to do that. It's supposed to be what we do. You know, and almost anybody else, I think either one of us would, but we know the guy. Right? Like, yeah. I, I knew, you know, what, 12, 13 years now. <laughs> it's like, no, you're, you're, you're kind of a friend of mine in a, in a weird way. So, um, you know, it does make it a little more, do I want to ask you personal questions like that? Um, but you're right. I mean, as, as a reporter... You know, maybe I just got to bite the bullet and go, you know, I, I need to know the answer to this. Here's what I'm speculating. You don't have to tell me about you, but is this a problem that the folks at Facebook are, are facing? He may be kind of saved in a weird way because he wouldn't have a lot of the options to have to exercise that he would have to take out loans to pay the, um, to pay the taxes on because he hasn't been there long enough, right? But you catch these people who are there. Um, you know, at the start, and uh, well, not right at the start, those people are rich either way. But the people who may have joined in two or three years in, and they may have a lot of options, um, but not the uh, you know, now those are, are virtually worth what they bought them at. So, they you know, the interest that they're paying on the loans they had to take out, um, may well, you know, be <laughs> they may be losing money on this deal, is, is what I'm getting at, even though they were buying options at a fraction um, of what the shares were were valued at when they when they launched of course everything about facebook is valued at a fraction of what it was at that uh, at that ipo launch so well um, almost everything about facebook um i think it's probably about time we 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 actually have a prepared show today we should probably let the guests in on it or the guests I'm sorry the, the the listeners in on it we actually have a prepared show today we're talking facebook privacy um for for older people for um folks who are using facebook as a business uh, medium, or for people who are using Facebook as a political or a personal medium, but later on in the show, we're also going to be talking about Facebook for younger people. It's a it's a pretty opportune time. Uh, you got two kids who went back to school this week, and um, I, they're both Facebook active, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yes, yes, they are. Um, and it's you know, it's I think it's unfortunate for them in a way that so am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, okay. And, and and I know some of your friends, and I know <laughs> so um, so yeah. They they end up in that spot where it's like, yeah, well, you're you may be smart enough about the internet to know what not to say because your dad's there, but your friends don't necessarily know what not to say because your dad's 
Um, so yeah, but uh, but they they are Facebook active, of course. Um, you know, I mean, heck, my eldest carries a laptop around with him to school, so you know they're doing most of their work on on laptops and stuff. So I assume he's probably on Facebook in class. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, as long as he retains what he needs to know, you know, not that you and I would have goofed off a little bit in class and and maybe been you know reading a comic book instead of uh, you know whatever philosophy or Shakespeare or whatever, but. Um, you know, I used uh, French class. It. I used my uh, grade nine French classes to learn how to make a loon call. <laughs> like seriously, like check it out. I owe that to grade nine French. And and you know what? More pertinent for for Muskoka, Ontario. It works too. You'd be surprised the loons that ended up at the cottage this year. Um. <laughs> um okay. Something I just want to touch on really quickly, just to to, to warn people, uh, your good friend and mine, Mr. Schwartz over at SEO Roundtable, uh, made a note. He's asked Google a couple times. Um, they haven't responded back, which he found odd because they usually do respond back to him pretty quickly with like a thumbs up or thumbs down. So far, it's uh, <laughs> loon calls in the wild. It's about all he's hearing uh, out of Google. But there's a lot of rumors that he's detected and, and some changes going on, including some that, that we've seen here in the rankings. Um, that are indicating that we're at the beginning throws um, of some form of update. There doesn't seem to be much conclusion. Is this another panda? Is this another penguin? Or is this just, you know, there are just other updates going on too. Um, but there does seem to be some evidence that we're in the early throws of, uh, of an update, which of course means it may be done. It may be a really minor update and people are just seeing some minor shuffling. Uh, according to Barry, the next few days is going to be uh, pretty interesting though. And he certainly has a track record of monitoring these things. So, uh, we may be up for uh, for a little bit of a bumpy ride here over the next few days. Well, watch that ride and watch where you end up. I, I suppose our usual advice, don't panic. Don't panic. Analyze. Um, that, that almost always applies during an update. Apparently, Bing is doing an update, too. And uh, Bing has so much confidence in the, in, 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 in the algo update that they're performing this week that they're inviting all webmasters and all web users to do a, uh, well, sort of like the old Pepsi challenge. They want you to do a search in Bing and a search in Google and see which flavor of search you prefer the most. Uh, the Bing, Bing it on is what they're calling their contest. It's not the, it's not the Bing challenge. It's the Bing it on challenge. Um, I'm not sure how, this is go- how they're going to be collecting data on this or how anybody are going to be reporting which flavor of search they like better, Bing or Google. Um, but, you know, I'd be interested to know. I, I would do. You know, you know it and I know it, though. Where you're going to get a whole skewed set of reports based on which one do I rank better on. <laughs> do I like Bing or do I like Google? Well, I'm going to search for my phrases, and I like the one that puts me the highest up. Um, you know, we, we all have that natural tendency, but it, I, I think it is an interesting challenge. And if we can take off that hat and go, I'm going to avoid looking up my phrases. I'm going to avoid looking up my client phrases. I'm actually going to look for something that I'm looking for and see which one gives me the fastest access to the information type that I'm looking for. If, if we can take off our, our selfish hats and put on our inquisitive hats, um, I, I think we, we could actually start to see some some interesting information. It's going to be hard for me to do. It's going to be hard for you to do, I know, and probably for most of our listeners as well. But um, I, I think, you know, if we can go in it with that mind, I think it, it is an interesting test. I've got, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, i got really high hopes for Bing over the next uh, 24 months. 
Um, I, I think Bing's going to make some some really really big moves and and do some really really interesting things. And um, I think we're looking at a, an engine that's going to grab some market share over the next two years. Well, I think we're also looking at a, at a paradigm shift in search and user behaviors. So the next twenty four months are, I think, honestly, I think are going to be the, among the most interesting two year periods either of us have ever have spent in the industry. I agree, and isn't that crazy? Because there's constant stuff going on in our industry, and then to look at the next couple of years, going, we're going to see a massive shift. And I think you're right. I think it's going to be on par with Google tearing through dominance over over a couple of year period, um, and basically wiping out. You know, well, you remember we used to run ranking reports for like ten, twelve engines, right? And it mattered. Oh, <laughs> indeed. And it was also it was a hell of a safety net too, wasn't it? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, we got fifty percent of them. You know, well, there we go. You got fifty percent market share now. Hey, you're doing amazing on Dogpile. I'm like, I don't know what your problem is. You're doing great on Ask.com. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. They drove traffic. Well, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, by the way, uh, kids, what, this is in the days before Google. Um, back in the um, horse and buggy days um, when doctors used to come to your house. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Delivering sure. milk in bottles. The um, doctors did, did, did do that, actually, because that was before Medic, uh, Universal Medicare programs up here in Canada. So doctors had to deliver milk just to get by. It was sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not, there, you know what? There was one other thing I wanted to touch on before going to break. Because um, when we come back, we got a couple of guests. We have Michelle, uh, Michelle Stinson-Ross from Firestarter Media, actually located just up the road from the uh, Fort Lauderdale studios of Webmaster Radio. And later on, we have Alan Kanak, who, full disclosure, is my business partner, but he's also one of Canada's experts on young people and Facebook. The uh, rest of the show, once we come back for break, is going to be dedicated to Facebook, Facebook privacy, Facebook privacy for marketers, and Facebook privacy for, for yourself as an individual and for your kids. But before we do that, we gotta take we got to take a commercial break here on webmasterradio.fm. So, friends, you're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Daves from Beanstalk SEO. Stick around. We're back with Michelle Stinson-Ross from Firestarter Media after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Digital World Expo 2012 returns to the Mirage Hotel and Casino Event Center in Las Vegas, September 27th through the 29th. Join hundreds of internet marketing professionals and learn how to grow your business during three days of nonstop networking. Learn the best steps and best practices for mobile marketing, augmented reality, search engine optimization, social media, internet advertising, and over 30 more topics at this powerful event. Network with professionals from all over the country and learn how to beat your competition by attracting new customers through interactive media channels. Whether you are a seasoned pro or a newbie, all of our educational tracks are structured for all levels of understanding and marketing backgrounds. If your focus is brand awareness, online revenue, or staying on top of today's new media channels, then don't miss Digital World Expo 2012, September 27th through the 29th at the Mirage Hotel and Casino Event Center in Las Vegas. Register now at digitalworldexpo.com. That's digitalworldexpo.com. How much time you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? 
What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. Are you losing money because of a poorly designed website? Frustrated by low conversion rates on your online campaigns? The Come to Conversion Conference East 2012. Brasco here for WebmasterRadio.fm inviting you to Conversion Conference East 2012, October 9th and 10th in my backyard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Learn strategies used by the world's top conversion, usability, and testing experts to turn more clicks into customers. Immerse yourself in two days of interactive learning from 33 breakout sessions and three incredible keynotes from landing page optimization guru Tim Ash, conversion scientist Brian Massey, and the brain lady Susan Weinshank. Here's exciting news. You'll save $500 if you register as an early bird on or before September 7th. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 10% discount on your pass. When you register online at conversionconference.com with the promo code WMFM. Don't be left out. Join us at Conversion Conference East 2012, October 9th through 10th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Go to conversionconference.com or click on the Conversion Conference logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm website now. Drop into the Webmaster chat room. WebmasterRadio.fm. Clothing is optional. WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. These are the two of the people that I turn to when I need answers on social media. Disclosure, one of them is my business partner, Alan Connect from Digital Always Media. And the other is Michelle Stinson-Ross from Firestarter Media in West Palm, Florida. Um, Alan and Michelle, welcome to Webcology. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we want to talk about Facebook privacy. This is a subject that I think we should responsibly revisit at least once a year. And I'm not sure we've ever done a full show on uh on on Facebook privacy and I wanted to actually start with you Michelle because um you're giving corporate training in Facebook how to set up Facebook profiles and Facebook accounts and part of your training is how to deal with personal security and privacy Certainly. um what uh I mean I gu- I guess we should start at the scope how much information personal information leaks out of Facebook, and just really quickly, why is that important? Uh, You wouldn't believe how much personal information leaks out of Facebook. The scary thing is how much people leak it themselves. Uh, So many people on Facebook seem to suffer from overshare syndrome, so obviously the first level of protection is just to be smart about what you're posting, please. Okay. Smart about what you're posting. But I mean, like, you know, I post lots of stuff that I think my contemporaries, my, my, my colleagues might think is actually kind of dangerous or edgy. Uh, and, and in other words, dumb. I seem to get away with it. Uh, well, that's because you're you, Jim. You get away with a lot more than the rest of us ever will. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a blessing, yes. Okay, so be careful what you But at the same time... Um, 
for the basic user to understand that they have control over what gets out, where it gets out, who has access to what, to a degree. Now, granted, you don't have full control over Facebook because you don't own Facebook, but Facebook does give you a lot of tools, and just the fact that employees know where all of those tools are and that they can customize their Facebook experience makes them a lot more comfortable with interacting with the business pages and helping to share the company's message, knowing that I'm not going to get a whole bunch of bleed over from personal and work. Well, we've gone from the idea that Facebook is an open dam of information, a uh, just a free-flowing fire hose, to being able to craft and sculpt how that information goes and to whom. Um, how does one do that? Uh, several different ways. I highly recommend anybody that has a Facebook account, please click on the little toggle arrow next to the word home at the very top of the page and you will get a drop down menu that has account settings, privacy settings, all that fun stuff. If you've never explored those settings, please do because there's quite a bit there to play with. Everything from security settings to notifications to how visible you are on the internet through Facebook and how visible you are within the Facebook network. Well, starting at zero, okay, we've, we've, we've set up our Facebook profile, we've done nothing to if our account or privacy nothing, settings. Right. You well, are wide open to Facebook. Everything on Facebook defaults to public, the doors standing wide open. So, you know, maybe the first thing you should do is go draw the curtains. Okay, so I've just clicked on that little toggle. I see the drop-down, and uh, there's account settings and there's privacy settings. Right. I've got my brand-new Facebook profile here, or my, my brand-new business Facebook profile here. Sure thing. Where should I click and why? Uh, I'd start with account settings because you have notification information. You have security information. Um, even on your general settings you can determine whether or not, say, your email address that you signed up with Facebook, whether that's visible to the general public or not. Honestly, it's worth it to take the time to go through each one of these little options on your account settings. But let's talk about security for just a moment, because that one's a good one. Um, there are settings for secure browsing, login notifications, login approvals, app passwords, all that kind of stuff. If you want to start getting control over how secure Facebook is, that's the place to start. Okay. Well, um, uh, something I'm very curious about is um, information bleed to third-party apps. Ah, now, then as, you need to click on the app option. Okay. As, as I understand it, and please, please correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. as I understand it, if I was to create a very popular app and, uh, you know, put it up on Facebook and uh, millions of people, Facebook users, started using that app, mm -hmm. I would have access to all of their information. Is that correct? Uh, depending on how you program your app. Now, I, I work a lot with users on social media and not so much with apps. I'll, I'll admit to that right now. I, I don't build apps myself. But having <coughs> said that, there is a lot of data that the Open Graph allows 
apps to access and a lot of that does depend on how the app is built and what it asks the social graph for but having said that start clicking through your app settings one by one and you'll see exactly what kind of notifications and what kind of information um, these apps have access to like for instance I've got Rotten Tomatoes pulled up on mine the um, app for um, movie reviews well, it has quite a bit of information about me, if I'll allow it. It has my basic contact information, my about me, education history, hometown, current city, work history, my friends' likes, music, TV, books, quotes. Hmm. Rotten Tomatoes knows an awful lot about me. <laughs> yeah, the other thing, I'm going to jump in here right now. Facebook did set out about a year and a half ago guidelines on what information can be stored by the developers of the third-party apps, but they don't have an enforcement mechanism in to verify it. Okay, the so other they, can, thing, they can say you can get this, this, and that, but you're not allowed to grab that stuff. But there's nobody really checking. Well, right. it's not that you can't use it because it's, it's, it belongs to Facebook and they can share it with you, but you're not supposed to store it on your own data servers. But nobody's auditing that as well. There are some apps that are basically what we would have called spammers, but are crooks who are using this. Once you get accept them, they will grab all sorts of information and will prompt you to give them more information, which is sheer stupidity. And all of a sudden, you're opening yourself up to a lot of things like identity theft. As Michelle pointed out, they have your work history. They have your town of birth. All those things mm -hmm. that you need to start identity theft, and that is probably the biggest fear. The well, one indeed. suggestion, and the one suggestion I always ask, suggest to people is minimum once a year. I suggest it at least every six months, and not you know quarterly. Go through the settings. What apps did you give access to your data? And then go. Have I used that app in the last three months, six months, year? Why do well, I still it, have it? And delete indeed, it. All right. I, I, following Michelle's advice, I'm looking at uh, my apps right now, and I've got the which 80s band are you? Last time, <laughs> last time I checked was more than six months ago. But what, but what this application needs to know about me to determine which 80s band I am, it needs to know my description, my activities, my birthday, my education history, groups, hometown, interests, likes, location, relationship status, relationship details, religious and political views, website and work history, events, notes, photos, stats, updates, videos, and it needs to know a bunch of stuff about my friends. Holy Just cow. Just so it can determine that I'm White Snake. <laughs> but that's the whole point. Are, do they really need to collect that much information? I'm looking at how many calendar or birthday related stuff. Hello, do you really want to be putting your birth date out for just anybody to grab a hold of? Can we go back to identity theft on that one? So, is there any way I can still find out that um, I'm an 80s hair metal band and not give them this information? That app will not work without it. That's how they've programmed it in. And that's part of the onus and the stress of privacy, which Canada has taken a major lead with our privacy officers, both provincially and federally, going after these companies. Even, as I pointed out, delete the ones you don't use. But to which you know, 80s band are you, Jim? When you say delete that, I'm not giving you access to mine. What about the data they've already collected? Are they going to purge it? They don't 
there are no requirements right now from Facebook of how long they can retain that information. In theory, once you disassociate yourself, most people think my data is going to be deleted there. Don't bet on it. Go back and read the privacy policy or the use and user agreement that you signed in for. Okay, I got to admit, the uh, I-, I chose a really silly example, which 80s band are you? Um, something that's much more interesting is what state I should live in. Um, or uh, coolest person contest, or which 80s movie defines me. And it's actually really scary going through these apps, the absolutely asinine things I've signed up for. Um <laughs> Dave wants to jump in with a question really quickly, but, 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 but if, if you don't mind, Dave, I just want to, want to really quickly ask no. mine. Um, Go ahead. What those people who figured out that I'm an 80s hairband, what would they possibly be doing with this information? Selling it? That would be my guess. See, the sad thing is, this is the stuff that actually, I think, made Facebook fun, made it popularized in the earliest days. I remember Facebook was much like uh, 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 Orchid Friendster in MySpace at one time. And then, you know, it was, it was interesting, and, you know, we all signed up for it, but you didn't use it much until suddenly social gaming took off. Um, and maybe that was the price that was paid. I don't know. But, so sell it, huh? They, they sell it to marketers. Um, that's the one who deliver pizza coupons to me. Or they may be marketers themselves. And all of a sudden, you're wondering why my email account is getting 4,000 you know, spam emails. You know, that may be it. They may be good marketers who are using it effectively, knowing where you live and knowing that you like pizzas because you keep tw- uh, posting, just got my typical Tuesday night pizza, and every Tuesday at 2, you get a pizza coupon. Fantastic. But... There's no guarantee. Too bad. That's a good idea. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to jump in as, as the devil's advocate here. Um, just, you know, in, in defense of, well, not in defense of the, of the app developers, but to go, what do you do in this case? I mean, let's say, you know, we've all run, say, a, a pay-per-click campaign for, for a client, and, and, and you, you know, you run it, and you charge your, your monthly fee or whatever, and let's say six months from now, um, you know, the, the, the client decides, okay, well, you know, pay-per-click just isn't for me. Well, would you refund your maintenance? You wouldn't. So when these app developers build this and they start collecting data, that's, to me anyway, their, their payment for what you're providing. Your onus was when you said, yes, you can have my data. Should they actually be required to delete it after, or was that collection the payment for the service they were providing you? The fact you didn't delete it is, is kind of your problem. Um, you know, like paying for Netflix for months after you stopped using it or something, you still paid for it because you, you had to. There's no recourse. You forgot to cancel it. Should we have the right to make them delete it? Or is this their their exchange? This is how they make revenue out of providing us a service that we've opted to use. That's an excellent point and one of the ones that app developers do make. And that's why when you sign up for an app, and we know it's onerous and most of the stuff is written in legalese, read the terms and conditions. When I disconnect, will you purge me from your database? Yes, we want to live in a society of free, and there is no such thing as free. Either you're going to pay with currency or you're going to pay with information. Mm-hmm. You're paying here with information. Now, I'm paying to use it right now. Why? What are the terms and conditions? How much longer after I stop using it do I have to pay? Yes, 
But if you were smart when you stopped using Netflix and you called up and canceled right away, or maybe you have to wait 30 days, and they'll stop charging you. If you forget to you know, deactivate one of these apps, that's your problem. There's no consistency. There's People are... I can't tell you how many times I get invited into these social... I don't even want to call them games, just little silly contests, and I look at what they're grabbing and go, I don't know who's built this. Why am I sharing it with them? Why should I trust them? Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. I think, is the next generation will be coming these apps, much like websites. Why should I trust these e-commerce sites? And then we also had uh, VeriSign and other certifying agencies that went and you know, legitimized these organizations. I think that's going to have to start coming with these apps, that somebody has gone through and audited how they handle. Even if they don't are sincere that we are they are only going to hold your data for 30 days after you disconnect just in case you come back and so you don't have to fill it all in again whatever it is you agree how do we know that the servers they're storing the data on is secure we're hearing enough security breaches on credit card companies on affiliate programs uh word sites what about these sites we don't know and that's going a big issue to me as well well, if I can jump in here and at least give Facebook a little bit of credit. When Facebook first started all of these apps, because I'm looking through here, I see um, Flare that I've had for like four years ever since I've been on Facebook, long before even the wall was available. I still have it. Um, to their credit, there's a lot more disclosure now about apps than there used to be. Used to be you'd click on something and it was automatic, you were in, and you had no idea what they were collecting. At least now, when you click on an app, it asks you, hey, we're going to be collecting A, B, C, D, and E. Is that okay with you? Verify that you want this app or back out now before we start collecting. Indeed, although Facebook, um, Alan Alan mentioned earlier, uh Canada's Privacy Commissioner, Jennifer Stoddard, and um, uh, Anne Kavoki and Ontario's Privacy Commissioner, both of which pushed hard at Facebook on privacy issues. And um, those app notifications, if I remember correctly, are a direct result of um, the Privacy Commissioners in Canada pushing at the international corporation, Facebook, saying, hey, if you're going to be collecting data on Canadians, here's what you got to do. Is is that correct? That is correct. Facebook never officially came out and said it, but uh, they were threatened with, I think it was something like a 10 or $20 million fine if they did not comply within 60 days, and that was when the first round of privacy settings came out into Facebook. The European Union followed suit about three, four months later, and Facebook, once again, it was easier for them to comply across the board versus creating separate privacy settings based on where you live. The American okay. government is still has not passed any true privacy legislation that's enforceable in any way or form, and any so if Americans are concerned about privacy, they should start thanking the Canadian privacy offices officers. Well, though, though for the um, just 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 to, to to apparently neither have we. We forced Facebook, or or you know, Facebook was forced to do something by two different Canadian officials. But there's no enforcement, and there's no enforcement mechanism, uh, if, 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 I, if I heard you correctly earlier. There's no enforcement mechanism within the United States, because there are no specific laws. In Canada, they would have been subject to fines, so Facebook does have a Canadian office, as well as under the Canadian legislation, uh, officers of the company could be held legally responsible, and hence, if they would have ever crossed the border, could have been arrested. 
So now moving forward to, to both our guests here, um, would the onus be, I mean, we've seen in, in virtually every sector uh, that self-regulation is questionable at best. Um, so is this a case um, where we need, at, like, do we place the onus now on the app developers? Do we place the onus on our, our government and, and legislators to, to defend us? Or is this a case where we, the technology is moving too fast for either of those to be effective and we need to put the onus on the users and, and sort of make it our job and, and you know, the job of the government, etc., to educate the users better on exactly what they're doing? Well, I'm going to come down on the very American way of saying things and say, yes, the onus is on the user. Uh, that's part of the reason why Facebook won't let kids under the age of 13, or if they shouldn't be, wink, wink, parents, come on. You know you're fudging on the birth dates to let your kids do this stuff. But, you know, the onus is on the end user. The final arbiter of your privacy resides between your ears. Your best protection on your own privacy is your brain. Just use it. Okay, uh, uh, before we go any further, I know, I know we're going to want to talk about kids on the internet and stuff, and I, I really want to dive into that, but we have we got to get one more commercial break in, and I don't want to break up the next part of the conversation. So taking it now, this is a, a good time to take it, so um, I'm going to. Friends, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We're joined by um, Alan Kanek from Digital Always Media and Michelle Simpson-Ross from Firestarter Media. You listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. We're going to be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. strings. Marketing to women expert Maria Retan will untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. Purse Strings with Maria Retan. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 6th of September, 2012. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We're joined by Alan Kanek, from, also from Digital Always Media. And uh, Michelle Simpson Ross from Firestarter Media. We're talking about Facebook, Facebook privacy. And uh, this segment, we're talking about Facebook privacy and kids. And actually, you know what? I'm the one person in this group who actually who doesn't have kids. So I'm going to take a back seat here. Um, Dave, Michelle, Alan, you guys, you all have kids. And I, I think all your kids are Facebook active. Um, go for it, guys. What are your concerns and what do you do about it? Well, I'm going to start off with what when I run the uh, lectures for parents out there about social media and their kids. First of all, there's a social pressure now for kids under the age of 13, which is the official age that Facebook set up there to give grant access. Parents want to do it because they want to start tagging their kids and building their online personas at a young age. First of all, and I'll go back to Michelle's point before the break, that the best tools between your ears, your brain, use that. Uh, make sure, first of all, your child is mature enough if they're going. And yes, there is no verification mechanism to prove that you are 13 years of age to set up Facebook. About four months ago or three months ago, Facebook came out. They were going to come up with a uh, parent, parental guided site where you could set up your child's own site at a younger age and with even tighter security. I'm still waiting for that. But basically, if, you're, if you are going to let your child educate them, explain it to them, Obviously, make sure that you have full access to it and teach them well. My daughter uh, routinely goes, Daddy, you haven't checked my privacy settings for the past few months. Do you want to take a look if there's something new? That's the right approach. That's how your kid should be doing it. And she's happy to show me when somebody does something not appropriate and says, I'm not friends with them anymore. Maybe I should talk to that kid's parents. So good it's, for her. It's a good, it's trust with your kids. Having the conversation and making aware that things. Uh, my classic story is uh, I was watching her. You know, she's on Facebook, and I say, "Who's that person?" I don't recognize that friend. Oh, I just became friends with her. I asked her how she knew the person. She says, "Well, they're friends with so and so." I said, and she says she checks everybody out. I go, "But how do you know that person?" There are so many kids who will just accept any friend request because people are trying to get to their friends. So she has learned now to make sure she knows that person personally, if she gets a friend request, or who they know in common to verify that that person has actually met and knows that, that that's a real person. And that's one of the things to explain to them. Just because 
uh, you know, Alan became friends with Michelle, and then uh, Alan asks to be friends with Jim because Michelle knows Jim. If if Michelle never met me, why should Jim even trust that I'm a real person? And that's one of the ways to avoid potential disaster. Right on. Well, no, I, I'm I'm going to ask you sort of a sort of a sideways, and I know this is the approach I I took, and yes, I'm I'm one of the ones. My my youngest is not at that age, and I went in and went, okay, you know, I'll. Didn't hear that Facebook, this. Shh, we didn't hear that because Facebook has the under their terms of service can ban them from life from Facebook. <laughs> 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 and, and they are actually tagged. Okay, I, I mean, if I was that sort of person, might there be a perk as a as a parent to being able to go? All right, I know you're going to do stuff that I'm not going to that I don't know. I mean, this is what kids. This is the computer age. I know they're going to do things that I don't know. Is there an argument for going, okay, but at least now I control where and, and I can see it, what you're doing? I mean, is there an argument for parents to go, you know what, it actually may be a perk as long as you're smart, as long as you are monitoring this, to go, hey, I'm going to give you the forum because I can watch what you're doing? Uh, 100%. One of the tricks that I've done with my kids, we set up an email account that they registered on Facebook. Any notifications, anything, not only goes to them. But it is set up so that, in my, our family's case, my wife gets a copy of it. Does she read everything that goes to my kid's account? No, but there's a trail. And every once in a while, she'll scan a few and see what kids are talking about. Most of the time, it's nothing. But you never know what could show up there. And my kids know that we're monitoring it. So, yes, they're going to have conversations. They're going to join Facebook. And if you don't give them permission, they're going to go get a, you know, Gmail account or one of the new Outlook accounts or whatever or Yahoo email account, and they're going to sign up, and then you'll have no clue. So it's better to not stick your head in the sand, but to be an active participant in the discussion and usage of something. I think that's the key. It's open the door, show them the ropes, be an active participant in what they're doing online. They'll respect you. I'm telling you, I have more cool mom cred with my kids because, you know, we talk about how to use Facebook, how to use Twitter, all, you know, do you want to use this, what's all that's about. Um, my oldest not only has a Facebook account, but she also has a Pinterest account, and she loves her Pinterest account. I'm like, oh my lord, child. I mean, every time she turns around, guess what I saw on Pinterest? But it's because there's that open dialogue. You know, I and I think um, I think Alan and Blackie, both of you there, sort of answered. Uh, Jim had asked onto onto Skype, why would a kid let their parents know they're setting up a Facebook account? And I think in a weird way, this is almost the argument <clears throat> for why parents would let their kids set them up before they hit that age of 13. Because when eight kids are 13, they're going to know better. They're going to know I need to hide stuff. <laughs> but you let them do it at 10 or 11. They don't have that same stuff to hide, and then by the time they're 13, they've got this full-blown Facebook presence with all their friends already there. It's too late now. Um, you know, I mean, there's the same reason why Google Plus didn't take off, right? We all had full-blown faith. We'd put a lot of effort into our Facebook pages, and we already had everybody in there, so it, it kind of didn't work. So um, I think in some ways, and again, it may work better. You don't let them do it by themselves when they're old enough. If you let them do it earlier, um, then then it'll be too late for them to hide stuff when they get, you know, a bit uh, further along. Yeah. 
it, Dave, that is uh, true, but it's not only to, that they're going to have something high to 13 or 14, it's that you've built the trust that when they didn't have anything to hide, but kids always think they have something to hide, and you didn't react, or how you reacted was, and that's also how you react. Oh, well, you know, what you posted isn't really good. I would delete it or apologize. You don't get mad at them, but you're teaching them. It's a, a tool to, hey, this is the future. It, and it's a way, think of like driving a car. You Kids have to get a learner's permit, but they turn 13, and you're set, and people set them Facebook sets them loose. There's been no teaching how to use social media, and by 13, kids are already resisting their parents in some cases, maybe older. And it's an opportunity if you're starting them at 11, at 12. You know, I'm not saying you put a three-year-old on Facebook yet. I have seen three-year-olds with Facebook accounts, but the parents are doing it all. Uh, you want to teach them. It's a, it's the time the learning, and that's why I'm waiting for Facebook to give that. Parental, the, the parenting account, which you can set up. I'm the parent. I have primary control over settings. But my kid can come here and post pictures and post comments and make friends or talk with friends. And that's where it really should be. I think teaching really is the clue here. Um, wow. I have told my kids, look, first of all, eventually employers are going to be looking this to make judgment calls about whether or not they want to hire you. So what you do now is important. And my kids understand that they now have an audience, and that audience needs to be respected. As a writer, I write for my audience, not for myself. I'm teaching my kids now to do the same thing, that you have an audience on this page. Make sure that what you're sharing is of value to them and not just you. Valuable life lesson for a kid in all aspects. And, and one of the lessons, I, I'm stealing this from somebody, from SEO mom, but we've changed around a little bit, but you teach kids not to post anything on their Facebook page that they'd be embarrassed by their grandmother seeing. And my son once asked me when I was explaining that to him, why my grandmother? I said, there are things that you can talk to me about that you won't be embarrassed or not too much. He goes, right, would you want to talk to your grandmother about them? He turned beet red. <laughs> and I said, that's it. <laughs> it's the grandmother test. Could you talk and share this with your grandmother, even if she's not on Facebook? If you feel you don't want your grandmother to see that picture, to read that, then don't put it on there. Guess what? No. Your grandma is on Facebook, too, by the way. <laughs> well, some of their grandmas. <laughs> My kid's grandma is, for sure. Now, what would you two say to, I mean, it, that's a great test, Ed. Yep. I mean, I, I, it's funny, much to my kid's chagrin, I do the same thing and will occasionally go on and, oh, that's disappointing to see. The same story, I won't scold, but go, I'm going to kind of embarrass you in front of your friends here to your comment. <laughs> and you probably won't do that again if you do something that I, I think is a little, well, that their grandma, I wouldn't want their grandmother to see. <clears throat> but in that instance, uh, one of the questions I, I have for the two of you is, do you end up driving them into different forums where they can chat with just their friends? What do you do? Do you show them how to restrict who can see a post so that they can exclude people that might be um, sort of questionable yes. or let them move off? Uh, that was the first thing when I set up my daughter's Facebook account. First of all, she had to sit down with me. There was no setting this up on her own. And the absolute first thing we did is what I 
recommend everybody do and kind of what Jim had us walk through is hit that toggle button and let's start looking at those privacy settings because for a 13, 14, 15 year old, especially girls, folks, set them as high as you can possibly set them. There is no reason for them to be discussing anything with anybody but their friends. But now would you allow, would you show your kids how to sort of share a status update, but go into the custom settings and, you know, say, I'm going to show it to everybody but grandma um, and give them that, which, which then would set the fear of, well, they might exclude me. <laughs> um, you know, or do you potentially drive them off into a form you have no control over so that they can, you know, meet with their friends there, um, and have these same discussions completely out of your, well, there, there out of your vision. No cut, there's no cut and dry answer to that. Those privacy settings of who can see it. I've already, you know, there have been bugs where they've been broken. There've been other things that I don't even want to go down the road where, you know, months down the line accidentally get tripped people make you know change it in their timelines or google will do an update and lose settings and that's the key it may be restricted today we don't know what it's going to be a year from now so keep that in mind and it's do they they can have their discussion they can go into chat and that's restricted to to their degree it's just once again as i wish i would get my kids to pick up the phone and start talking on the phone again like when i was you know 13 years old <laughs> but they're 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 texting. They don't you know they don't almost want to ever use a phone. And that's it. But that's the reality that they're going to. And here it is at least in one spot. Let's set those privacy settings, Michelle. There's no reason that anything for a for most of us, not just kids, shouldn't go beyond just our friends. But occasionally, yes, I will post something that I don't mind being public because I'm promo- helping promote a cause or something of that nature. And that's, but that's what everybody has to do. Why we're living our lives in the public world, and then we're, you know, scared. You know, it's the old expression of you know letting the cows out of the barn. The moment you send something out there, I'm shocked at sometimes how fast I get a like or a share on something I posted, and I go, oh my, I forgot to change the setting on that. Oops. Well, to to fall back on another really old saying, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. And we certainly live in a uh, extremely interesting time. Um, guys, we got to wrap now. We've gone through another hour. It's 2.55 uh, Eastern Time, 11.55 Pacific Time, and we have a news break coming up here on webmasterradio.fm. So uh, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, uh, Michelle Stinson-Ross, Firestarter Media, and Alan Connect from Digital Always Media. Thank you both for uh, spending time on, on Webcology and talking about Facebook privacy, Facebook privacy settings, and Facebook and kids. Friends, you've been listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're going to be back next week on the uh, 13th of September. Um, until then, stick around the network. We have great, great information coming up after the news break. And friends, we'll talk to you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm.